This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. For over 15 years, the Cersei Apprenticeship has been equipping teachers to understand the nature and principles of classical education and showing how those principles can be brought back to any classroom or homeschool. The Cersei Institute's Apprenticeship Program is an in-depth, personal teacher development community. With mentorship and community at its core, it's a program for teachers from all walks of life who want to drink deeply from the wisdom of the ages, engage in inspiring conversation with like-minded friends, and push hard towards truth, wisdom, and virtue. The mentor-apprentice relationship and the community that springs out of it is the very heart of the program. Each of the seven groups is kept small so that mentors and apprentices can truly know each other. The mentors guide the apprentices by providing assessment that blesses, accountability that strengthens, and regular discussions that nurture. The environment is welcome and safe. The community develops over shared meals and stories. The pedagogy is founded on Christian, classical education forms. And the assessment is for the apprentice to flourish. These are the things that set this teacher training program apart. Do you have questions about how this apprenticeship works? Our head mentors are here to help. Each week this spring, one of them will be available online via Zoom to answer your questions about the program. So whether you have questions about the curriculum, the retreat experience, or the purpose of the program, the Cersei team is here to clarify. Visit CerseiInstitute.org slash apprenticeship to check this week's date and time. You're listening to the Cersei Podcast Network. I'm Joshua Gibbs, and this is Proverbial, the podcast where we explore the wisdom of the ages as it comes to us in Proverbs, by which I mean wise sayings a man may live by if he's not so arrogant as to think himself special. Episode 58, Drugs Sell Themselves. Today's proverb is unattributed, though it is from England. I'll read it twice. Speak of the devil, and he doth appear. Once more, speak of the devil, and he doth appear. We have entirely lost touch with 
the meaning of this proverb. It's become a punchline, a joke. Not even the whole thing, just the first four words. Speak of the devil. You say it when someone that you're talking about suddenly walks into the room. Speak of the devil is a way of informing someone who's just walked into the room that you were just saying something about them a moment ago. I think we often take the saying, speak of the devil and he doth appear, as a sort of old-fashioned superstition. Some kind of puritanical superstition born of piety. Not superstition in the way of 13 is unlucky, black cat crosses your path. But the sort of overly pious approach to avoiding evil. As though we can't dance and we can't drink and we really can't get within a nuclear bomb blast radius of anything that might be questionable at all. And we simply need to stay inside the whole Lord's Day and never do anything that might compromise our witness or even make our witness just a little intriguing. Speak of the devil and he doth appear. Don't even talk about the devil. Don't even mention him. Speak of the devil and he doth appear. It sounds like to the modern ear, it sounds like some sort of old-fashioned version of sixth-grade girls conjuring Bloody Mary or Candyman by saying their names five times in a mirror in a dark room. And so we like to feel ourselves very superior to those of the past. Well, we know that you can speak of the devil and he doesn't appear. After all, does not scripture speak of the devil in several places? Wasn't wrong for them to do it, was it? I didn't understand the meaning of this proverb until a recent trip through the Divine Comedy. And it was a recent trip through the Divine Comedy that directed my attention to several sayings of Jesus Christ that are very familiar to everyone, but which are hard for the modern man to meditate on. And I had considered these sayings of Christ before, and nothing ever came of them. And, and those sayings of Christ, which I'll touch on it in a little bit, pertain to the road to destruction versus the road to heaven. The road to destruction is paved and wide, whereas the road to life is narrow and few find it. It was in a recent teaching of the Divine Comedy that I recognized a number of intriguing differences between the gates of heaven and the gates of hell. And I'll say the gates of heaven, even though the gates of heaven are in Dante's work, technically the gates of purgatory. The gates of purgatory are the gates of heaven. Everyone who enters purgatory ultimately ascends through the entire cosmos and bears witness to the uncreated divine light of God's person. So the gates of heaven are encountered early. And then the gates of hell. Now, if you've read the comedy, you know that there's something odd about 
Dante and Virgil's approach to the gates of hell. And what's odd about it is that there is no approach to the gates of hell. Virgil encounters Dante in the dark wood, tells him that he can save him, that he will have to go through hell to get there. Dante is initially resistant to the idea, I'm not cut out for this. Virgil tells him, no, the woman you love is on the other side, and if you're capable of enduring the horrors of hell, you will receive the glories of love. And Dante says, okay, I'll do it. And then suddenly they're at the gates of hell. Dante agrees to go, and then they're there. And the casual reader often supplies more to the plot of the Inferno than is fair. You assume that you missed something or that you were reading too quickly and that you didn't encounter that part where Dante opens some kind of door in the floor of the earth and they crawl through it and descend a deck of stairs and enter some kind of nasty hallway at the end of which are the gates of hell and that the inscription on the gates of hell slowly appears to Dante as he walks closer to it. None of that's there though. If you remember that you've made it all up because between the moment that Dante agrees to go to hell and the gates of hell themselves, there is only three lines, maybe six lines. There is no description of the approach. The gates of hell just suddenly appear. And there's an inscription on the gates of hell. Through me is the way to, oh, what is it? Through me is the city of Dis, abandon hope, all ye who enter here. I mean, there's more to it. Oddly enough, no one guards the gates of hell. And you don't realize that really until you get to the gates of heaven, because when you get to the gates of heaven, there is a long approach to them. There's this difficult journey between the beach of Mount Purgatory and the gates of Purgatory. Dante can't even do it by himself. He needs St. Lucy to carry him to the gates of hell. And then there is a porter there with keys, two keys to unlock the gates of heaven, gold key and a silver key. And there are three steps that lead up to the gate itself. And the three steps represent the psychological condition of the sinner such that he can be saved. First, there's a polished stone that represents your own recognition of your own sins. The white stone polished so brightly you see a reflection in it. And then a dark stone cracked that represents your despair once you understand your sin. And then a blood red step that of course stands for the atonement wrought by Christ on the cross. And the porter at the gate asks you, why are you here? Who told you you could come? And there's this little ceremony, this ceremony whereby the gates are unlocked. The keys are placed in. It takes some time. And you can't even arrive at the gates all on your own. 
But the gates of hell aren't like that. When you go back to the gates of hell after you've encountered the gates of heaven, you realize that the gates of hell are always open. It seems as though the gates of hell have been left ajar. Like, have you ever come home from a trip to the store and found the front door of your house ajar and you're, you're afraid? Was I robbed? Is anyone still in my house? And you push the door open carefully and you call out and it's, and it's vexing because you think, well, just any old body could have pushed it open and come in. that's the gates of hell. You can accidentally wander into hell. And there's a sign on the door that says, abandon hope, all ye who enter here. But there's absolutely no one standing at the gate of hell that makes sure you've read that warning. You could be walking along, checking Instagram on your phone, and just sort of slip into hell thinking you were going somewhere else. There's no ceremony. There's no guard. There's not even any sort of psychological realization you have to come to. There's no ascent, really. You can accidentally end up in hell. Heaven, on the other hand, requires great deliberation, determination, you cannot accidentally end up in heaven. Over and over, you have to show yourself as one who wants to be there, who intends to be there. And there are many moments when you can stop and pause and consider what you're doing and even turn back. But this description of the gates of hell and the gates of heaven in the comedy does correspond with the teaching of Christ. That the way to destruction is wide, which means it's hard to fall off the way to destruction. That once you're on the path to destruction, you're not going to accidentally turn aside from it. A drunkard can stagger into destruction. The road to hell is so wide that you don't have to walk in a straight line to get there. You don't have to think about what you're doing to get there. You can careen all over the road like some blind old driver in Florida from one lane back to the first to the other. But the path to life is narrow, which means that it's easy to fall off. A narrow path requires great care and deliberation to tread. You must pay attention to what you're doing, moment by moment. Speak of the devil and he doth appear is a saying about the readiness with which destruction responds to our requests. You don't ever have to tell the devil twice. 
The devil is a courteous, prompt servant. In the Arabian Nights, if you read the original text of the Arabian Nights as opposed to the many cinematic renderings of the stories, you find that genies are just demons. Genies do whatever you want. And there's warning to several characters who encountered genies in the Arabian Nights to stay away from them. Those are evil spirits. They mean you harm. These spirits that do whatever you ask them to do the moment that you ask for it, those are the bad guys. Those are tricksters. And of course, most genie stories are stories about people who don't get what they want. Because the genie or the devil who doth appear to grant your wish is always capable of fulfilling it on a technical level. But you never carefully think through what you want when you can have it right now. That's almost always this message of the genie story. That anytime you can have something right now, no work, you're never careful in thinking it through. And so maybe by the third or fourth or fifth wish, you're trying to super carefully calibrate what you say, but it never works. There's always something about immediately gratifying your desires that you don't see. God, on the other hand, does not snap to attention like the devil, which is really vexing to modern Christians who really want God to be the friend who always picks up. And God is omnipresent. He is the lover of man's soul. He has at all times and all places filling all things. He does stand at the door and knock. But at the same time, Scripture presents in numerous places God as this figure who must be pestered. You must be persistent in your requests. And this persistence is suggested several times in the parables of Christ, but also in many of the Psalms where David speaks with exasperation. How many times do I have to say it? When are you going to do something about my enemies? When are you going to help me out here? How many times do I have to ask? God requires persistence. It's better this way, though. The God who demands persistence, the God who doesn't appear the moment that we say his name, like a genie, is one that must be encountered by way of ceremony. There are rules when it comes to speaking with God. When you pray, pray like this. And then we're given very specific instructions. 
When you pray, say the first thing that comes to your mind. No. That's the way that you talk to the devil. When you pray, pray like this. There's a ceremony by which we encounter God. And that's deeply vexing to modern men who don't like holy things, who don't like sacred things. Because holiness tends to to come by obedience to rules and traditions. God creates most things ordinary and then makes them holy later by submitting or subjecting those things to some kind of ceremony. It's rare that God creates something that's holy in and of itself from the moment it comes into existence. It happens, but it's not common. He creates the seventh day and then he hallows it. The bread and the wine are normal when they're made, but then set apart for a holy purpose later. And the means by which common things become uncommon is liturgical, formulaic, all those qualities that we hate. Modern men loathe these things because they are beyond our control. They do not cater to our whims. The devil caters to our whims, though. How big did you want it? How many? How high? The devil doesn't need to be conjured through some kind of elaborate ceremony. It reminds me of this bit from this old Chris Rock stand-up special. And Chris Rock is very vulgar. So I won't apologize for him on that front. But something that stand-up comedians are good at is stand-up comedians are always investigating human nature. Stand-up comedians talk about how people are, how men are, how women are, how children are, how work goes. And so there's a kind of proverbial wisdom in the work of a really good stand-up comedian. And I think that Chris Rock is a good stand-up comedian. Vulgar as he is. And there's a bit from an old special where he says, drug dealers don't really sell drugs. Drug dealers offer drugs. I'm 30 years old, ain't nobody ever sold me drugs. Drug dealers offer, hey man, you want some smoke? You want some smoke? If you say no, that's it. Jehovah's Witnesses, on the other hand. <laughs> drug dealers don't sell drugs. Drugs sell themselves. It's crack. It's not an encyclopedia. It's not a vacuum cleaner. You don't really got to try to sell crack. I've never heard a crack dealer go, man, how am I going to get rid of all this crack? It's just piled up in my house. And when it comes to the sort of things that constitute vices, there's no hard sell involved. All the things that are bad for you are so easy to come by. They don't put bananas in vending machines. It's Snickers bars. There's no restaurant that's selling steamed green beans through a drive-thru window at 2 in the morning. You're buying fried tacos 
if you're buying food at two in the morning, if there's a place that stayed up to cater to the sort of people that want a big fatty snack at two in the morning, it's not people that assume you're making really great decisions in life. Anything that's that easy to come by is probably quite bad for you. I love that Chris Rock says it's not that way with the Jehovah's Witnesses. Like, they know that theirs is a tough sell. If you don't want to buy drugs, somebody else does. Drug dealers just go on to them. I traveled 25,000 miles on Greyhound buses in my 20s. I have been offered... Drugs many times. No one's ever asked twice. You want some weed? No. Are you sure? No one says that. Because there's somebody behind you that does. <laughs> but it's not that way with God. Speak of the devil and he doth appear. But to get rid of the devil, prayer and fasting are required, and those take time. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.